0: Today we are going to reach back a few years with a sermon evangelist Areza preached in a revival meeting. There are so many lessons to learn from Genesis. Oliver will be looking at all the characters involved in the story of Adam and Eve and Cain and Abel.
1: The offering that Cain presented unto God, it didn't possess any symbolism of real worth. It, didn't, uh, it spoke of no personal need. As a matter of fact, Cain's offering was worthless compared to the purpose that it was offered unto.
0: Welcome back to Praying For You with Evangelist Oliver Areza. We are delighted to have you listening in today. Oliver's desire is for you to experience the full blessings of true salvation and then growing into a consecrated, radiant Christian. Let's join Oliver for part one of this series, If Thou Doest Well, wilt Thou Not Be Accepted?
1: Genesis chapter 4. Let me ask you to stand in respect to God's Word as we look at this passage here, please. Genesis chapter number 4. And I want to begin reading with verse number 1, please. And Adam knew Eve his wife, and she conceived and bare Cain, and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. And she again bare his brother Abel, and Abel was the keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in the process of time it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. And Abel he also brought of the firstlings of his flock and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering. But unto Cain and to his offering he had not respect. Before I read any further, let me ask you just a question. Have you ever read something in the Bible where all of a sudden you, you know that you've read those verses Many, many times, and all of a sudden you see something that you have never seen before? How many of that's ever happened to it? would you raise your hind leg? I mean raise your hand all right, good. well I was reading this passage here, and something jumped out of me one day. The Bible says that the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering, and when he saw Cain, he had not respect to Abel and his offering. it wasn't just the offering really that that's that's uh the main thing of this story here, it's not just the offering. So many times we look at that offering, but it's not just the offering. The Bible said that God had respect to Abel and to his offering. But unto Cain, he had not respect, neither to him nor his offering. As we keep that in mind, let me read the rest of the verse and we'll continue down a little bit further. And Cain was very wroth and his countenance fell. And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth, and why is thy countenance fallen? If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted. And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door. And unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. And Cain talked with Abel his brother. And it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel his brother and slew him. And the Lord said unto Cain, Where is Abel thy brother? And he said, I know not. Am I my brother's keeper? And he said, What hast thou done? The voice of thy brother's blood crieth unto me from the ground. And now art thou cursed from the earth, which hath opened her mouth to receive thy brother's blood from thy hand. When thou tillest the ground, it shall not henceforth yield unto thee her strength. A fugitive and a vagabond shalt thou be in the earth. And Cain said unto the Lord, My punishment is greater than I can bear. Behold, thou hast given me out this day from the face of the earth, and from thy Face shall I be hid, and I shall be a fugitive and a vagabond in the earth. And it shall come to pass that every one that findeth me shall uh, shall slay me. And the Lord said unto him, Therefore, whosoever slayeth Cain, vengeance shall be taken on him sevenfold. And the Lord set a mark upon Cain, lest any finding him should kill him. I'll introduce my title to you a little bit later on. You know, our text passage here in uh, Genesis chapter number 4, it opens up the, the next chapter of Adam and Eve's life after the fall. This chapter introduces us to two boys. Of course, no doubt you've heard messages or you've heard that their names uh, spoken before. It introduces us to Cain and Abel. And because each boy knew that they were supposed to bring an offering unto the Lord, then I believe we can just suppose that Adam, their father, taught taught them to do it, but not only did he teach them to do it, I believe that he taught them how to do it. And I believe that we have a, a scriptural grounds to make this assertion. The very fact that Abel got it right leads us to believe that he was taught to do it right by his father, Adam. He got it right. Now, after the fall, the Bible teaches us that Adam and Eve knew that they were naked, The Bible said they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves, but it didn't work. It really didn't do the job. It might have covered their naked bodies, but it didn't cover their naked conscience. And they felt exposed and open to God, open in their conscience. So what did God do? Well, in Genesis chapter number 3 and verse number 21, the Bible says, "...unto Adam also and to his wife did the Lord God make coats of skins." and clothed them. In, other, in, in order for God to make coats of skins for Adam and Eve and for Him to clothe them, then an animal had to die. And if an animal had to die, then that means blood had to be shed. That means that something had to die for them to be covered. And I believe through this, God was teaching them the idea, the concept of sacrificial death. God was teaching Adam and his wife, Eve, the idea, the doctrine of vicarious suffering, sacrificial death. Something had to die. The wages of sin is death. And for them to be covered, for them their sins to be atoned, for them to be forgiven, something had to die, blood had to be shed, something had to suffer. So you see, these boys, no doubt they must have watched their father offer these sacrifices many, many times. Remember, Adam watched the Lord God sacrifice an animal. Now they are they have come to the age of understanding. By the way, they, they had that example to follow. But in our story here, Cain and Abel have come to the age of accountability. The Bible tells us now they are to bring their offering unto the Lord. Look at verse number three once again, please. The Bible says here, And in the process of time, it came to pass. Now those words, process of time, it takes us to when Cain and Abel were two little boys. Now they are accountable young men standing before God for themselves. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. And look at verse number 4. And Abel he also brought... "...of the firstlings of his flock and the fat thereof." When it talks about the fat thereof, that's talking about the richest part of the animal. That is the best of the best of the best. That is the best gut. So we know that the animal had already been sacrificed, the Bible says. And the Bible says about it, "...and the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering." Now, that word, respect, is a very interesting word. It means to esteem something, to, have, to possess real, genuine worth. Uh, just imagine for a moment if all of a sudden in this service here, the back doors opened up and a color guard marched into this room here bearing the flag, the United States flag, the stars and stripes. I'm sure that every single one of us when that flag would enter into the room, uh, I'm sure that every one of us would stand uh, in respect to the flag. Because we understand the sacrifices and what that flag represents to us that enjoy freedom here in America. Amen. And because of that, that flag means something to us. Amen. It means something to us. I mean, man, when you see somebody wearing a flag on the seat of their britches, I don't know about you, but it makes me want to have a flag it, Amen? That ready to take care of it. That's right, brother. Hey, uh, have respect to that flag. It, it, it means something to us. Well, the Bible tells us that when God uh, saw Abel's offering, the Bible said that he had respect. When he looked at Abel's offering, uh, there was worth there. It represented something of value. The Lord looked at the offering that Abel presented to him, and it represented everything that was needed. It represented blood atonement. It represented sacrificial death. It represented vicarious suffering. It represented everything it was supposed to represent. It meant something when God looked at Abel's sacrifice, his offering it symbolized everything that was needed. The Bible says, and the Lord, the Bible says, and the Lord had respect under Abel and to his offering. But look at verse number five. But under Cain and to his offering, he had not respect. When Cain brought his offering to the Lord God, it didn't have any value. It had no worth. You see, my friend, there was a difference in principle in the offerings. The Lord looked at Cain and the offering that Cain presented, and it did not symbolize, it did not represent, it did not embody what was needed. But under Cain and to his offering, the Bible says the Lord had not respect. The offering that Cain presented under God, it didn't possess any symbolism of real worth. It didn't, it spoke of no personal need. As a matter of fact, Cain's offering was worthless compared to the purpose that it was offered unto. But what I want you to see with me this morning, my friend, the problem was not primarily the offering. The problem was with the person that was making the offer, and that's Cain. You see, the reason why Cain's offering wasn't right is because he didn't see himself wrong. If he would have, if he would have, if he would have seen himself, seen himself wrong, then he could have his offering could have been right. But he saw no need for bloodshed. He saw no need for uh, for something to die. He saw no need for an animal symbolizing bloodshed and vicarious suffering to be offered for his sinful condition. The offering didn't represent what was needed. You see, Cain's reaction, the Bible says, but unto Cain and to his offering, the Bible says God had not respect. And I want you to notice his reaction. And Cain was very wroth and his countenance fell. You see, Cain's reaction towards the Lord God shows us that the problem was with him. It wasn't just his offering. It was a, The problem was the way Cain was thinking. The Bible tells us that Abel's offering says something about how he sees himself and how he, see, he, how he sees God seeing him falling short of God's glory, needing a sacrifice, needing bloodshed, needing a, an offering with worth and value. You see, each man's offering demonstrates their perception of how God sees them. <coughs> now I want you to look with me at verse number 6. The Bible says here, And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth? That word wroth means to blaze up with anger. Why art thou wroth? I grew up in a home with two brothers, three boys and three girls. My brother that's next to me, his name is Larry. When I read about this verse here, Why art thou wroth? And when I did study about that, it, it means to blaze up with anger. My mind goes back to my brother, Larry. Because my brother Larry, I mean, if he got mad, angry with you, run. I mean, run quick. Because it didn't matter what was within reach. He was going to pick it up and hit you with it. I mean, it could have been a 2 before; It could have been a pipe. I mean, it could have been a brick. I mean, if he got angry with you, just, I mean, you better head out of there because you were going to get it. Amen. How many of you grew up with a, with a brother or sister like that? Would you hold up your hand? Amen. How many of you were that one? Now, that's what I thought. All right. Amen. That's right. The Bible says that he, 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 he became so angry, and the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth, and why is thy countenance fallen? You see, friends, Cain should have become angry at him at himself for his own infidelity, for his own hypocrisy for his own worldliness, for his own pretense. He and his actions are what forfeited God's acceptance. I mean, you can't blame this on God because your offering isn't right. Why are you getting mad at God? His countenance should have fallen in repentance and holy shame before God. But now in this story we see that now revenge and hatred and murder take the throne of his heart. But here's what I want you to see about the story here. Notice it. We see that God is the God of a second chance. Boy, isn't that good about God? Amen. He is the God of a second chance. Look at verse number 7. Now the Lord God says to him, says to Cain, if. Now that speaks of a condition. If Cain meets a condition, then he has a promise from the Father. And this is what he says. If thou doest well. Now my friend, that speaks of future tense. God is not looking back. He didn't say, if thou would have, if thou didst well, He's not looking at what He did. I believe the way that this, the language is laid out here in this, in the text here, He is talking now about future tense. In other words, God is saying, I know you messed up and you know, and you know, Cain, that you messed up, but I'm telling you, I'm giving you a chance to do something about it now. He says, if thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted. That's not looking back at the past. God is saying to Cain, now you did wrong, I couldn't accept you or your offering because I couldn't, I had no respect for it. Because it didn't represent what was needed. You don't see yourself in need of a savior, you don't see yourself in need of blood atonement, so I can't accept it. But he's saying to you, he's saying to Cain, but I'm telling you now, you can do something about what you did now. If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted. And if thou doest not well, then sin lieth at the door. It's kind of like we see in this passage here. It's like the Lord is a compassionate, gentle, able, personal worker. Amen? Oh, thank the Lord for good personal workers. I had the opportunity years ago to watch one of the greatest soul winners I believe that I have ever met in my lifetime, Brother C.W. Fisk, do altar work at the Windsor Hills Baptist Church in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. And man, you talking about just something precious. I mean, it was absolutely amazing. Just a, a fine, fine personal worker, altar personal worker. And in this passage here, it's kind of like what we see here. It's like the Lord uh, uh, is saying to Cain, he's saying, now listen, he's kind of like a, a meeting, and he's uh, and he went down the aisle and went over to the pew where he is uh, seating there, uh, sitting and, uh, and seated, and he moves over to where he is uh, uh, there, and, uh, and he puts his arm around Cain, and he says, Now Cain, it really doesn't matter uh, how right you think your offering was. It wasn't right then. It will never be right. It'll never be acceptable. But Cain, if you are willing to make this thing right, will you not be accepted? If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted? Now Cain, if you're willing to make it right, listen, you know, you know that I will accept you. I know that you were embarrassed because your little brother got it right and you got it wrong. But I'm telling you, you can make it right. If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted. It's like the Lord has become a counselor. You can imagine an altar setting here, and it's like the, the Lord God moves from behind the desk, and he, he comes over to a chair that's right beside Cain, and he, and he says to Cain, He says, now listen, Cain, listen. He says, uh, uh, you messed up the first time. Uh, you, it wasn't right the first time, but you can make it right now. And he says, and if you do make it right, will you not be accepted? If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted.
0: Dear listener, God allows you to make your own decisions, but you are not allowed to choose the consequences of that decision. And many times, the outcome is very sad, as in the case of Cain. He just missed his opportunity. But with God, there is always hope to be found. If Oliver can be a help to you, please reach out to him. He has a personal text number that you can reach him at. I'll give you the number twice, 304-782-0594. Once again, 304-782-0594. To follow Evangelist Erasa on Twitter, Getter, and Truth Social, use EO Eraser. We'd like to say thank you for listening in today. You can listen to past programs by going to wvgvradio.com and click on the Gospel Voice Productions tab. Praying for You is a Gospel Voice production. Now Oliver will come back to the mic for prayer. Thank you, Joel. Let's go to the Lord in prayer.
1: Father, we come to you in the precious name of Jesus. Father, we're so thankful that you're the God of a second chance. And Lord, there are many, many today that are listening to this message. Lord, they have felt a touch. They've experienced the drawing. But Lord, they've never responded in faith and repentance. Today, dear God, may it be the day for their salvation. For we ask it in Jesus' precious name. Amen.